Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. All right, we're a few days for late for this thing, but I have not been feeling the best the last couple of days, so I figure I better get out now, though, because it's Wednesday, it's the one day before the NCAA tournament starts, and everybody's starting to fill out their brackets. So I figure I'd give you a lowdown on my bracket, what it's going to be like, and hopefully you guys can either go against it or go with it. Heck, that's the goal, right? Is to... So... We have our opening round matchups. We have the the West. Let's start. Let's begin there. We got Gonzaga versus Georgia State. Obviously Gonzaga. Uh, you got Memphis and Boise State. Now this is a little bit of a different uh, matchup. You got Boise State, who's coming off the WCC champion or uh, a WAC championship. Um, or and then you have Memphis, who it, who's based done and made a big a big run. Um, as well um i'm going memphis i think that hardaway is just going to have that team ready to go i think boise state yeah has been good this year i just think memphis is too athletic to to um to not pull this one off in advance at least one more round Uh, yukon versus new mexico state yukon arkansas versus vermont i'm going with the upset with vermont with the catamounts on this one um you know they, the Vermont's nine and one on an on a uh, home or away right now in their last ten games. Uh, Arkansas seven and three. Catamount the Catamount shoot the ball better from beyond the arc and from inside and at the free throw line they're about the same. Um. They're definitely, uh, the Vermont's definitely a very dangerous mid-major team. So, and the game's being played in Buffalo. Um, and to me, that's the, the biggest factor when you think about this is what's the vicinity that Vermont's got going on here. So going to Vermont next up is Alabama and they'll play the winner of the Rutgers Notre Dame game tonight. I'm going with Alabama on this one, no matter who the winner of that Rutgers and Notre Dame game is. The Rutgers, I think, are going to be a legit contender, contender next year uh, for a Big Ten title, uh, conference, uh, regular season title anyways. Um, they have made vast improvements the last couple of years. Notre Dame just sneaks in. And I actually think the loser, of the, I think the Rutgers actually wins that game tonight too. Next up, you got Texas Tech and Montana State. Going Texas Tech here. Um, just Texas Tech has been underrated all year. Um, they're definitely the third best team in that in the in the Big Twelve. Next up, you got Michigan State Davidson. Um, I'm going with the upset. Usually, I go usually with Tom Izzo and being in the tournament. I'm going with Izzo, but going with Davidson and the upset. Um, I think they're, I think them losing to losing in the, uh, 
in the in that championship game against Richmond was was a fluke, and I think they'll definitely turn it around and get the win here to advance one more round. Uh, then you got Duke and Cal State Florton definitely going Duke here, uh, and then then the let's just finish out the entire West bracket for you. So we got in the round of thirty two. We got Gonzaga, Memphis going Gonzaga. Gonzaga is just the number one overall team. They're just going to be too. They're just too big. And the, to me, Gonzaga doesn't have a have any competition until they get to the Elite Eight in this in this uh, bracket. There, it's by far the West is by far the easiest bracket for the from the one seed to get through. Um, I got Connecticut, Vermont going to UConn, Alabama, Texas Tech going to Texas Tech, Duke, Davidson, Duke wins it, uh, Zaga versus Connecticut going Zaga, Duke, Texas Tech, Duke, so you got Zaga versus Duke, and I got Zaga moving on into the uh, Final Four. Next up, you have your East region, I got Baylor and Norfolk State, Baylor, North Carolina, Marquette. Going Marquette. I don't think North Carolina can can run with Shaka Smart's team. Uh, St. Mary's in Indiana. I'm going St. Mary's. Then you have UCLA and Akron. UCLA, Texas versus Vatek. Vatek's only in because they won the ACC. Otherwise, I don't think they would be in at all. And that 11th, 11th seed really proves that. Um, going with Texas. Purdue and Yale. Uh, going Purdue. I know Yale came off that big shocker against Princeton, but I I think Purdue's height, they have a huge height advantage, and I'm sure that's what's going to take effect on this. Next up, you got Murray State and San Francisco. Going Murray State, the racers are just, that's it, they're just racers. Uh, they'll get out and run and gun you. Kentucky versus St. Peter's, I'm going with Kentucky, so... They'll move on. Uh, next up, you got Baylor versus Marquette. I'm going Baylor. Baylor, again, is you can say they're 1A or 1B in that Big 12 conference, but that Big 12 conference is, is really um, basically beat each other up throughout the entire season. And you got to give props to Baylor and how they're continually to stay dominant over the years, these last few years. Um St. Mary's, UCLA. I definitely think the St. Mary's can beat UCLA on this one, so I'm going St. Mary's. St. Mary's is very underrated. Uh, they've only lost twice in the last nine games, I think, and both of those times were against Gonzaga. So, and they were only blo- they weren't even really blown out by them either. Um, and St. Mary's is pretty much Gonzaga's kryptonite too. Next up, you got Texas and Purdue. Um, going Purdue again with the height. Um, Purdue Purdue just has height, and their guard play is just this is really stellar. And I think they would have won the Big Ten uh, tournament had they not ran into the hottest team in the Big Ten going right now um, with Iowa. So um, then you got Murray State versus Kentucky. I think Kentucky gets out and runs, um, and I don't think they really run Murray State out the building, but. It's going to be a close, closer matchup than what we think, but I think Kentucky pulls it out. Um, now in your, now with the next matchups, uh, you got Baylor and St. Mary's. I have a toss. I'm really tossed up on this one because I think St. Mary's can beat Baylor, 
So I were, my heart says go St. Mary's, but my head's saying you got to pick Baylor on this. Um, Baylor has definitely got the experience. St. Mary's has has the has the continuity though. Um, they play well as a team. So I'm I'm going with Baylor as much as I don't want to. Uh, next up, Purdue and Kentucky again. Purdue I think just wins it with their height and their athleticism down low. Their guard plays really good. I think Kentucky's inexperience. Um, is is going to be a factor in this one, and then you got Baylor and Purdue, and going with Baylor. So on this side of the bracket, we got Gonzaga and Baylor in the Final Four. Over in the South, you got Arizona and the winner of the Wright State Bryant game tonight. I really think Arizona is going to win this one, hands down. No no biggie on that one. Uh, Seton Hall TCU again. It was another toss up for me on this one, but I'm going with Seton Hall. Um, I just ha- I just like Seton Hall. <laughs> Tolerance to it. No matter whenever they're in the tournament, I always pick them to win. Uh, at least a game. Next up, Houston and UAB. Houston, I think, is comes out and wins this one. Um, Illinois, Chattanooga. Uh, Illinois takes down the mocks. Uh, Michigan and Colorado State and Michigan. Uh, now this one, I think, is going to come down to a so. Colorado State, as of yesterday, had not even had their time frame. Or Monday, I guess. They hadn't even been locked up when their plane was going to leave, is what I read. And so, I think with them having travel plan delays and everything else, and then Michigan being able to just take the bus, it's not too hard. I'm going with Michigan on this one. Uh, Michigan had a really strong strength of schedule. Their record of 17-11, or 17-14, really wasn't an indicative on how how hard their schedule was and that's the reason why I made that they made the tournament in the first place is because of the strength of the schedule which is 34th ranked in the nation so definitely going with Michigan State over Colorado Michigan State not Michigan over Colorado State next up you got Tennessee and Longwood uh taking Tennessee Ohio State and Loyola Chicago going with Loyola Chicago um Villanova over Delaware then we have Arizona. We have Arizona, Seton Hall, uh, Arizona. Arizona's a strong team. They're definitely number two, the second best team in the nation uh, at this point. Uh, you got Houston, Illinois. You got Houston winning them, winning that game. Uh, Michigan and Tennessee. Tennessee wins. Uh, Loyola, Chicago versus Nova going Villanova. And then I got Arizona over Houston and Nova over Tennessee. Uh, in the, in the elite eight game, I do have Nova winning it though. So I'm still sticking with Nova and all right. Now you got the Midwest division. This by far has to be the hardest side of this entire bracket by far. It has to be the entire, the hardest. I mean, we got Kansas, you got Iowa, you got Richmond, you got LSU, Wisconsin, you got USC, Auburn, like you got this, the thing is stacked Providence, South Dakota state, like this, this, this bracket, this side of the brackets is stacked and is like, to me, the hardest one to choose from. And it's gonna be the hardest thing to get out of. Um, and if you don't bring your a game every single night, you're not gonna, you're not gonna win. So 
I got Kansas versus Texas Southern. Kansas is winning. Uh, Creighton and San Diego State. This is a toss-up for me, but I'm I'm a homer. So uh, Creighton's in Omaha. I'm based out of Iowa. We're going Creighton over San Diego State, even though they got second place in the in in the Mountain West. Uh, Iowa over Richmond. Again, the Spiders get in because they won their beat Davidson. Iowa. Was gonna I was gonna make it no matter what, and Iowa moved up from a seventh seed all the way up to a fifth seed. I really think they should have been higher since they did win the Big Ten tournament. Um, and you know they are the hottest team in the in the Big Ten right now. So got Iowa moving on. Providence and South Dakota State again. This is another toss up for me because South Dakota State's thirty and four. Um, granted, they don't play a lot of lot of big time teams. But still winning 30 games is a huge deal. And then you got Providence, who the Friars have just been on fire this year. Um, So with it being in Buffalo, I was going to take Providence. But I think South Dakota State can really pull out the upset here. I really do think South Dakota State can come out and shoot shoot from three-point land and and turn over the upset on this one. Um, You have... Uh, South Dakota State that averages eighty seven almost eighty seven points a game. Um they're ten and zero in their last ten games, obviously. Uh they shoot fifty two percent from the field goal range and they're forty four percent from beyond the arc. And they're seventy five percent from the free throw line. So I really think that South Dakota State can pull off the upset on this one. Um, and then I got LSU and Iowa State. I think LSU, with all their all the crap that's going on with them, I definitely think that uh, the players are going to come out and they're going to play hard. And I think they'll be Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State has started off started off really good, and then they kind of just stopped playing. It looked like. Uh, next up, we got Wisconsin and Colgate. Uh, this is another one where I could have went with Colgate um, over Wisconsin. Um, and people are like, well, that's crazy. But when Colgate scores 76 points a game, they only give up 67 points. Um, and then they shoot better from – they shoot very from better from two – from field goals percentage-wise and three-pointers. I mean, and if you just hold down Johnny Davis, I mean, you're going to end up end up beating them. So, but going Wisconsin here. Uh, and then you got USC, Miami of Florida going USC. And you got Auburn and Jacksonville State. Next up, we so in the next round, we got Kansas and Creighton. Um, going with Kansas, Iowa, South Dakota State. I think Iowa just comes out and plays really good. They're playing, the, Iowa's playing extremely well on both ends of the floor. So that definitely helps. LSU over Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I'm taking LSU over Wisconsin on this one. Um, I think Wisconsin, again, if you stop Johnny Davis, you stop the rest of that team. So I think LSU can do that. Um, LSU definitely, like I said, is going to be playing on the chip with a chip on their shoulder. And the, it, it's gonna, they're just going to come out and show that. So, I mean, Wisconsin really doesn't shoot the ball that well. They shoot 42% from field goal, 31% from three-point land, and 74% from the free throw line. Like... They don't shoot the ball well, so like I said, if you can stop Johnny Davis, you can beat that team. Next up, you got USC and Auburn. Uh, going to Auburn here. Um, Auburn's just been one of the top five teams all year. And then you got then next matchup. We got Kansas and Iowa, and 
Auburn and LSU. Uh, I'm going again. I'm a homer, so I'm going to go with Iowa here. Um, even though you know it just, I was just been on a tear, like I said, and this this would be a really good matchup too if that gets about this far because they both shoot about the same. There's a one and a one point seven percent difference between field goal rating and <coughs> field goal percentage and three point percentage. Um, Iowa shoots the ball just a, a nick better on the three point line. Um, and Kansas shoots the ball just a nick better <coughs> in the uh, sorry. Uh, still got this freaking cold. Um, and then they shoot both about the same on the free throw line. So I think this would be a really good matchup. I do think Iowa pulls it out though, as just because again I'm a homer, I'm going homer here. So a little biasness. Uh, LSU and Auburn, but I mean even Kirk Herbster has biases, right? When he picks Ohio State to win every game. And next up, I got LSU and Auburn. Um, I think Auburn Auburn's gonna win. I mean that's I think LSU's run stops there. So you got two and a so you got Iowa and Auburn, and I got Iowa winning it. And then, like, and then everybody's like, well, yeah, that's because you're a homer, Chad. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I am. Uh, however, in the Final Four, I got Gonzaga and Baylor. I think Baylor beats Gonzaga to move to the finals. And I got Nova and Iowa. And <clears throat> I'm taking Nova over Iowa. So, and I got Baylor and Nova in the championship. And I'm taking Nova with the win. Uh, I think Villanova wins it. Um, so... I mean that, and that'd be a really good championship game too, because you got if Nova and Baylor make the championship game, you have a net ranking of fourth and eighth. Yeah, they're five and Baylor's five and three against the top twenty-five. Nova's eight and five. Nova has a, the sixth strongest strength of schedule. Baylor's got the twenty-sixth. Uh, you got points per game seventy-six for Baylor, seventy-two for Nova. And then they give up about 63 points piece. So, and then Nova's by is by far the best free throwing shooting team in the, in the in the country at 82%. Uh, they also shoot 35% from the line from three point line and 43% from field goals, but you have Baylor that shoots really good at the twos. So, I think I really think that uh Nova can pull it off here that Jay Wright is just unbelievable as a coach. So, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun tournament. So, Hey, if you, uh, so that's all I got for this one. Um, it's just a quick little, little one. Uh, you are going to start hearing some ads on my podcast as well. Um, anchor is sponsoring me. So you'll hear me talk about anchor, um, um, as well. Um, what else we got going on? Uh, still going to try to do a Friday. We'll still get, again, we're going to start doing Monday podcasts. Uh, so that way I can do it over the weekend. So this will be the only podcast for this week. And then we'll, I'll get a podcast out on Monday. Uh, so until then you guys can follow me on Twitter at one guy with a mic, follow me on TikTok at one guy with a mic. We're about 200 followers away from a thousand there. Uh, if we get to a thousand followers on on TikTok, I'm going to do a live and I'm going to shoot out and I'll do a shout out for every single person that's, uh, do a shout out for every single person that I know that has, um, 
uh, followed me on the talk or uh, that followed me on TikTok and also on Twitter. So if you follow me on both, then you'll get a shout out in the in, in our first live. Um, also, you can find me on Twitch at one guy with a mic. Uh, still not doing a whole lot of. I still haven't done any streaming yet. I'm still trying to figure out that. So I mean. Also, if you want to make a donation to this podcast, uh, help get equipment so we can start doing some video podcasts, um, that would be awesome as well. You can find that at uh, anchor.fm backslash chad hyphen cane three, and that'll go straight to the the website. If you want to, you can also, it's also linked to my Twitter Twitter bio and and also my TikTok bio as well, so... Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week, and um, we'll talk to you next week. He has a 56.2% catch ratio. Um, targeted second most on the team. Uh, he also has 11.7 yards before the catch and 4.3 yards after the catch. So, do the Bengals have a guy that's going to be able to guard him? That's the question. Because Van Jefferson starts in the on the outside and he starts in the slot and again another guy that stepped it up when Bobby Trees as they like to call Robert Woods um went out on injury and he's made some huge plays down the sideline especially against that Bucks team you know made some huge plays down the sideline so Van Jefferson the Bengals are going to figure out how to cover him I, I don't know if they have the guys to do it or not. Um, but, hey, we'll talk about the defense here in a minute. All right. Tyler Boyd. Uh, he's going to be the X factor for the Bengals, I think. The guy has five touchdowns. He has 6.6 yards before the catch, 5.5 yards after the catch, and a 98.2 passer rating. So, he's he's doing that OBJ thing right now. He gets between the linebacker and the safeties. So, you have... So, basically, you have... Jamar Chase going down the sideline. So picture this. Jamar Chase is going down the sideline. He's either going for a fly route or a post right or even double post or even a double move. (coughs) Sorry. Then you have Higgins. You got him on the opposite side on the outside going up 10 yards, cutting across, taking out that safety, making that safety spread out. Then you have Tyler Boyd coming underneath either with a crossing route or a slant that just gets you on the other side of the linebackers. And then you got CJ Uzma, who's basically blocking. And then if, and then basically the last outlet, cause he's going to block and then he's going to release. And then there, and then you have Mixon coming out of the backfield for a little swing route or anything else like that. So those are your, those are the targets. Now the Bengals have proven that you can stop them for a little bit, but you can't stop them for the entire game. And they've just gotten hotter over the throughout the year as well. They've just keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And the best time to get on a streak is in playoffs. I mean, ask the Giants when they won their Super Bowls coming in as the sixth seed and running through it. I mean, the Bengals the same way. They just got hot. The Rams, um, I think their biggest tough, their biggest matchup was, you know, you had to get over the Buccaneers, so you got over Tom Brady and them. But then, you had to beat the Niners, 
for once to make it to the Super Bowl. So the Niners are have been the Rams the Rams, you know, black cat of sorts. And then they were finally able to get over them. Uh but again, who are the Rams gonna who do the Rams have that can stop that many targets going out for passes? Well, we're gonna find out right now because here's the defenses. So let's break it down per player on the defense, okay? We're gonna start with the Rams. We just see what they can do. So you have Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, aka the football history dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. The Pigskin Tales podcast is all about the lesser-known pro football players. Yes, there are stories about the ones we know, like Brad Tarkenton and Harold Red Grange. But have you ever heard of Ernie Nevers? How about Dave Osborne or even Grady Alderman? These men created their own path to the NFL. How did they do it? Listen to the Pigskin Tales podcast. Now streaming on your favorite music platform. Go to pigskintails.com. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast. <laughs> 